please make sure you go over to YouTube, subscribe, or you can always find us on any of the podcast platforms, and that's Fostering Change. Well, I will tell you what, I am absolutely loving this time of year. Um, you know, we are actually right close to Thanksgiving. And as you all know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite holidays this year, family. We're going to be going down and hanging out with my mother-in-law. She's the most amazing cook. But I am so, so excited about my next guest. See, my next guest, actually, I've um, done a little bit of stalking. Um, I've stalked him for quite a while now. I can tell you that um, he is an absolute inspiration to me. You know, as a dad, I I think it's one of the most rewarding things that you could ever be in the world as a father. But to be a father, to have children from our foster care system is not always the easiest. And I've said this very, very bluntly in the last five seasons. Um, and the, to know that my next guest has actually fostered 34 children. Now, mind you, I have a spouse. My spouse is a saint. He is the most unbelievable stay-at-home dad. And when I read Peter's book and learned about Peter through People Magazine and realized that um, my friend, he's a single dad, a single dad. So I am ready to jump right in. Peter, welcome to Fostering Change. Well, Rob, thank you for having me here. Yes, I follow you. So I know your life as well. You know, <laughs> On a daily basis. So thank you for having me here. Well, I thank you so much. First of all, I just want to start out and say congratulations. Um, you know, because I do follow you through social media. I know that you just adopted two more children. Is that correct? Yes. You know, as you know, you wait and wait and wait. And one day you get to know, hey, you can adopt these kids. So for me, that's been a three-year wait. And I'm really excited. I love it. You know, I have to tell you, your oldest son, though, um, he is he has got so much of your personality. You know, um, I love it when he takes over your Instagram and, you know, does his own thing. He's just got so much of your personality. So I want to jump right in and let our listeners and viewers know how old was he when he arrived? He was 11 years old. He had just turned 11 when he came to me. How many homes had he been in prior? Uh, for him, likely he'd only been in one because he, so he, he came in Foskia at one and a half and then he stayed with his family and they adapted him once he turned four. And the same family that adapted him are the ones who dropped him at the hospital, never said goodbye and never gave him the reason why they didn't want him anymore. So he didn't have to go through so many homes, but by the trauma and the, 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 the you know, it, it's just, there's no way you could have a family for nine years and all of a sudden they just say, hey, we don't want you anymore, which which was really bad. Wow. You know, you know, we see that so much lately, you know, that where, you know, kids are being adopted out of foster care, they're, they're staying with their, their new adopted families. And then all of a sudden, you know, the, the families are just putting them back in the system. I mean, they're calling these kids, the, they actually have a name for them now, and they're called the boomerang kids. Um, and these are these kids that are, they're, they're, they're boomerang. I mean, I could not imagine, I, you know, I have five kids, all five of them from the system. They arrived when they were six months, two, two, and four. And then we adopted um, in 20, 19 we got an 18 year old so knowing that you got an 11 year old and knowing the fact ha had you been familiar with the foster care system here in the united states prior to that um you know so he was my number 11 you know so by the time he came i had had a good experience with you know uh, with the other 10 kids who had been either reunified you know or gone to kinship 
um, you know, so so yes, I, I was quite a, a pro by then. So 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 you got to tell me how how does somebody here you are a single man you know your career and everything and all of a sudden did you have that same desire like I had for instance I grew up in the system I know that you actually grew up on the streets as well um you and I have very similar backgrounds which is so when I was reading the book I was just like oh my gosh um how did you, did you just have that desire you wanted to be a dad Yes, I've always wanted to be a dad. I think, you know, having a worst dad on the planet, like, I think I wanted to show him what a good father looks like, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, that was really my whole goal, too. But also, too, that the stranger who took me in, who changed my life, that they showed me what a father ought to be. They showed me what to dream and to be kind and how to really be there for someone that I wanted to in some way, uh, paid forward, like use what they already taught me to truly do that for someone. But I didn't know I had an opportunity. Here's why. I had traveled in more than 100 countries i traveled with people adapting but i never seen a black person who was adapting in uganda or in ethiopia or a person of color you know so there were always two married couples man and wife uh, and i thought hey there's no opportunity for me so i knew that i didn't have a chance uh to adapt or be a dad unless i was married you know that those are the policies because men are not allowed to adapt outside you know anywhere so I knew there's no way until I came to Novaforsk. I was like, wait a minute, you know, these kids, they are my favorite human being because I know them better because I was one of them. And so for me, that opened a door for me to say, you know what? I can truly be a dad because someone loved me at my lowest and I can do the same for kids who are looking for a place to be loved and be known. Yeah, yeah. You know what? And gosh, you and I are just so much alike because I love the same exact thing. You know, for me, you know, being a dad, number one, um, 14 years ago when we had our children first arrive, it just it was not common for gay people to be foster parents. It just was it was shunned on. And, and the fact that we were two white men and we were taking in children of color because we live in D.C., that was even people were just like, that just doesn't happen. And so, you know, and to see now how much it's changed, how much we've really done. You know, I just interviewed somebody recently, just the other day, and one of the things that we were talking about is how hard it is to find foster parents, um, that we have such a lack of foster parents, that we are seeing kids throughout the country. And by the way, right in your state, as long and as well as in my state of Maryland, where kids are actually sleeping in offices because there's not there's just not enough homes for them. What would you say to someone who's actually considering and thinking that they would like to be a foster parent? You know, I think we've all had the, the, the scary stories. We've had the, the negative side of it, you know, but that's not true. You know, one child should not in some way or two kids or, you know, in some way paint a picture of every child in false care. That's not true. You know, the amazing kids who are looking to be loved and be, you know, be part of the family, either they are little or they are teenagers, that we can all do something. You know, there's resources to train you. There's resources to provide for you to be the best you can be. You know, if you rent and you're like, well, I rent, do they allow, you know, yeah, absolutely. If you rent and you have an extra bedroom, yes, you can be. You know, all you're seeing when say, how do I do it? You know, there's a community around you. You know, you 
There are people waiting to come alongside. We can't all be false friends, but we cannot do something for one another. And I think once you find your village, they would really come alongside and help you. So uh, the fear of I I'm single, I cannot do, I promise you, you're going to find people in your life that will say, will come alongside and will help you. And that's what's been for me. And, and the fear too, here's another thing too. I think culture have said, get married and then have children and all that. And I'm saying, well, we can reverse to while we're waiting to be married, we can actually be a mom or a dad to someone, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, so so in some way, you know, let's not always follow the standard ways, but find ways on how truly we can be a mom, a dad to someone that needs uh, care and love. You know, these kids, they didn't choose to be in false care, you know, and, and we can't just neglect them. We just can't let them you know, face the challenges, but we can come alongside and be there for them. And that's all they're looking for. Yeah, know, I, agree. I agree. I agree. Know. I say this, I say this quite often, and I love that you just said this. You know, the first thing you need to do, and someone just said this to me the other day, is the first thing you got to do is you got to find your community. If you're going to choose to do this, you're going to have to find your community because you do need support. And that is one of the things that I do feel that we have lack of when it comes, you know, you're looking at the average lifespan is about 13 months for a foster parent. And what I'm, when and as a speaker across the country, you know, I talked to foster parents, even this weekend, I was at a conference. And, and the reason they have burnout is that they feel they don't have enough support you know and what i try to tell everybody is listen you know exactly what you said not everybody can foster not everybody can adopt but everybody can help maybe um cook a meal and bring a meal over to you know, you know someone or or maybe get to a point where you can get licensed where you can watch a child you can actually mm -hmm. babysit a child you know i want to get into some tough questions because this is I'm, I will tell you that I'm a little outspoken. Um, anybody who knows me knows that I am very outspoken about the system. I believe that the system is not where it should be. It is shattered. I believe that it is an industry that makes money on the backs of children and that we we really need to, to really rebuild our foster care system. You know, we see 96%, I mean, 64% of kids come into the system because of the word neglect. We know that the word neglect is no more than poverty. Um, and, you know, I feel like we should go in and foster the family, um, you know, foster the family before that child is removed. Now, understand, my five children, two of my children were severely, severely abused. No questions. They needed to be out of that that situation. But two of my children, um, their mom just couldn't pay rent. Mm -hmm. You know, um, she had a drug problem and she needed help. And I'm so happy and blessed that I have a relationship with her and that my children have a relationship with her. And I'm asking, the reason I'm asking and telling you this is um, if you had two things that you could do today to help change our foster care system, what were your two things be? Oh, well, you nailed it in the coffin. You know, for me is intervening before the child comes in the foster care. And as, as I like what you said. Let's, let's not, let's not look at that. He's think what I've, I've come of all 36 kids I've had. They're amazing moms that are absolutely love their kids, but they just like the resource, you know? Uh, like the one, you know, I had last year, you know, they were sleeping in the car, but she loved her kids, you know, but they had nowhere to sleep. Did she not love her kids? She loved them. Did he lack resources? Absolutely. So rather than let the kids come into the false care, I wish we had intervened in helping the mom in some way. So yes, I agree with you. 
if we can, like, I would love to truly be an advocate for mom and dad or just mom, you know, rather than give me the child, but rather give me the entire family in some way so I can truly be alongside them. You know, most of them, that's what they need, some to be accountable, someone to check on them. But also, let's say, you know, kids don't have to be in false care that I can have them, but also check on mom, you know. So that's for me, number one. Number two is churches and everyone else who loves kids you know we all to open a resource for moms before they come into a false care before they struggle resource where they say hey how can we help you you know uh in your community don't wait for a mom to to report them to go to take their kids away but how can you intervene and say i know you're struggling what ways can i come alongside for you so your kids are well if it's drugs hey can we have your kids every weekend so you can attend rehab classes you know if it's if it's they can't drive anywhere hey can i babysit your kids so you can go to work where you need to so in some way truly being a village i'm from africa you know it takes a village to raise a child but also it takes a village to stop a child from coming into false care when we as a community step up and say hey mom we know you you're struggling. Let's help you. Here's why moms don't ask, because we see them as villains and we judge them. You know, and if we can take that away and say, hey, let's not judge you, but let's come alongside us who you are and help you. And I think in that way, we get to really put a dent in the foster care system, you know, by intervening before they come. But even when they come in to say, hey, how do I come alongside mom and dad or just mom to say, hey, I'm not here to take your child but I'm here to support you so you can have your kids back. As and quickly we, as possible. Yes. As quickly you know. as possible. And I agree with you on that. I think that, you know, too many times we we look at these birth parents and consider them villains and consider them, you know, and they love their children. And, you know, the fact is, is that what I'm seeing throughout the country is that the, the reason they're scared to raise their hand is because they are scared someone's going to take their children. You know, um, you know, I mean, just recently, the, the the mother who had a 12 year old that she left at home watching the three month old because she couldn't afford a babysitter, but she had to go to work because she knew if she didn't go to work, she was going to get evicted from her apartment. So instead of somebody coming in and saying, let me help you with the resources. They took her kids and put them in foster care. And it's like, she's not a bad mom. You know, she's just trying to provide. And I think that we, somewhere down the road, it, we have forgotten truly why our forefathers built communities. And they built communities for us to take care of each, each other. other. Yes. Yeah. Take mm -hmm. care of each other. You know, Nelson Mandela said it's so great. He said, you judge your society based on the way you treat your children. You right. judge your society on the base of the way you treat your children. The way that we treat the over 400,000 kids in foster care as if they're second class, um, giving them trash bags, you know, moving them from home to home, not recognizing the trauma that, and by the way, the trauma of removing that child from that family, that's trauma right there. I mean, that will last forever. You know, you, you wonder why they don't trust. You know, when they've been put in a home every other month or every six months, yeah, it really affects the children. You know, and for you and I, Bob, we're men. And somehow I think sometimes we've been removed or not seen as, hey, you're valuable to the nurture of our kids, you know? So in some way to say, hey, man, you are equally responsible as mom. And that's kind of for me what I'm learning is, you know, yes, there are moms who are for kids. What do they do when they are stressed? When they can't provide for their kids, what do they do? Well, 
a, fi a friend finds some a, a little something that can help them to, to sleep. So then they go once, they go twice, six months down the road that they can't live without that sleeping pill. You know, in some way, did they choose to really go into that? No, but they were neglected. They were not there. And, and I think it's 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 time for us to step up and truly be the best we can be. As a dad, sometimes I'm overlooked. Like, do you know what you're doing? <laughs> you know? Yes, I'm like, I, I, the I, I, <laughs> I'm like, I know, I know, absolutely. You know, and in some way trying to educate people, like my kids never ask me for the Jordan shoes, the best shoes they can do. no. Just so when things go wrong, I can call my dad and say, hey, here's what happened. I can come home and my dad say, it's going to be okay. You know, yeah. and I think that's what every, every child needs. You know, I've had 36 children. None of them has ever said, I wish we had a mom. No, they all never had a dad before, you know. So in some way to say, wow, I have a role to play, you know, and, and encourage other men too. Like we all have a, a role to play into our children's lives. And it will change the life of a child, but also really come alongside their moms as well. Yeah. And, you know, that's that's the, you say that. And I actually read that in your People magazine article where, you know, your kids have they've never said it. My children haven't either, by the way. You know, my kids who, you know, being raised by two men, my kids have never said once, you know, I wish that I had a mom. You know, now other people have come to us and have had the audacity to say, how are you doing this without a mother? Are they getting are they getting the, the, the nurturing that they never course they are you know i think the craziest thing and you know i write about this in my book as well where the the woman who walks up to me and my daughter standing next to me and i have one girl four boys and my and she says can i ask you a question and i said of course she said what did you do when she started her period and i said i told her she couldn't have it my daughter looks my daughter looks says if only if only that was true people have got to realize that as dads we are able first of all we have strong women role models in my in our life so you absolutely know, yes strong women role models in our life we have strong men role models in our lives and so that is what it's all about peter you wrote your book now i am known um what made you decide to to finally put this all into a book you know, so for me, you know, I'd been asked to write a book years, years, you know, 10, 12 years ago, but I said no, because I feel I wasn't complete. You know, as I said, I've always wanted to be a dad. But two, I have kids who sometimes adore me. They think, man, I have the coolest dad. But I wanted to show my kids by revisiting my past to say, hey, you have a cool dad, but who overcame the same traumas you've gone through? Who be the odds? Who everyone thought it would ever amount to anything. But I want them to know that if dad can come from this way, I can do as well. But also, I wanted my readers and the people who think I, I'm a good dad to show that, hey, never let the past define your future. You know, never, never, never let that. So in some way to really show how I be the arts, but to how we can all be the arts and use, yes, our past is something we could never go get away with. But in, in, in other words, embrace it and use it as a foundation to do better for ourselves and for others as well. You know, my father never wanted the best for me, but I wanted to prove him right. Like this is what he thought of me, but actually that's not who I am. I uh, am um, in, in some way to really encourage others that, hey, you know, our past, they, they, they did not rob you of the future, but rather let's revisit it and use it to save lives for ourselves and for others as well. And that was the whole idea of writing the book of how someone made me known and how my whole life is to make others known as well. Wow. 
That is amazing. Listen, everybody, the book is called Now I Am Known. Um, we're actually going to have a link here where you can actually get the book. Um, it is a fascinating book. Um, it truly does. I love, I love, love, love books that really, and that when you finish it, it actually makes you feel good. And it makes you want to go do good, which is what each and every one of us want. Peter, I will tell you, you are an internet um you know, I consider you, you know, an internet, one of the celebrities, and you are an influencer. I love how you use your platform to truly educate and teach people because that's what we need to do. I think that we as a society continue can continue to think that children come in foster care because they're bad. That's not true. Children come into foster care because of choices other people made. Right. And it's our choice to invest to make sure that their future is as bright as it can be. Because if you invest in a child, you actually invest in my future because they are our leaders of tomorrow. Peter, I cannot thank you enough. Thank you for taking time out. Everybody, again, now I am known. You can look Peter up on Instagram. You can look, I mean, his People Magazine article was phenomenal. Again, congratulations on your two new kids. And I can't wait to just continue to watch you on your journey. And you inspire us too. I love your passion. And that's kind of for me why I use my foundation and my social media to tell the story of our kids because I watch you do that every day. So thank you for making us seen, hard, and known and for loving so hard our kids. Oh, I love you. I love you. Everybody listen up. This is another edition of Fostering Change. You know, I can't thank you all enough. You know, once again, we have, this is the third year in a row. We've been voted the number one podcast for foster care and adoption. And let me tell you the reason why. Because of amazing guests amazing guests, amazing guests like my friend Peter. Until then, I hope you all have an amazing Thanksgiving. I hope that you fill your bellies up with as much turkey. And until next time, um, this is Fostering Change. Take care.